You just got an intro. You just got an intro. You just got an intro. Because you're really neat. You're listening to Sinister Sightings. The Paranormal Chicks, Donna and Carrie. I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 182. And you just heard an intro by Meg G. And I mean, burr, burr, burr. <laughs> damn, that was really good. You know what? The other day, Colby and I were in Dirt Cheap, aka our salvage store, and there was a Blue's Clues toy, and he goes, Do your Blue's Clues. <laughs> and I was like, What the fuck is he talking about? And he did. I was like, Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much, Meg. Seriously, you made us laugh. You're so sweet. And you know what? You're neat, too. If you want to be as neat as Meg, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay, the first one. Hello, fabulous ladies. I'll get right into this one, but I will say it may be a good idea for Carrie to read this one, as Donna and I have very similar stories when it comes to a parent passing, and I will go into detail about my dad. Oh, gosh. Well, (laughs) in their defense, they didn't know in November that my dad was going to die in June. Almost two months ago, I wrote you the story of my grandmother kicking my ass in her spirit form for me to get clean and sober and leave the toxic relationship I was in and change my life around. And at the end, I also mentioned me Matildaing the light bulb on from the dream I was having as well. Well, I had my psychic medium appointment and I got all of that cleared up and learned so much more. It took me this long to be okay enough to share what happened during and after speaking with the psychic medium. During the appointment, of course, you don't give the person details. You just ask one sentence questions and they give you the answer you need, but I'll write it all out. She told me that the episodes where I became paralyzed and the feelings I had back in 2012 was, in fact, my grandmother. After a loved one dies, they can be with you for a time to help you see what you need to change in your life because they themselves have stopped having the human ego or the human needs and only see what is truly important and want to help you better your life. The light bulb turning on was a spirit. It was the spirit I was dreaming about, solidifying in a way they could tell me that the dream was real and they were here with me. That spirit is one of my spirit guides who are just old souls that go through life with a person as soon as they're born, which is why I didn't recognize him. But now we'll get into the spirit that I do recognize. The reason I looked for a psychic medium, the reason I had such strong feelings that there was something there that I wasn't hearing or seeing. My dad passed away in March of 2021. He had COPD and was recently placed in hospice care, but was still working in his garage, always attached to his oxygen, of course, and trying to live life as much as he could. How dare your dad have my mom's COPD and was in hospice like Carrie's dad? I know, trying to steal both of our lives. (laughs) I was always a daddy's girl, being his youngest child, and loved him despite all of his flaws and demons he fought for his and my entire life. He was a chain smoker until the end and an alcoholic as well. He worked the same job at a grocery store as a butcher for over 30 years until his disease, alcoholism and COPD, forced him to retire. He was a farmer, a hunter, a fisher, and taught me so much. He would have the worst coughing fits you've ever heard. It was normal that he break ribs. Once, he even broke a bone in his back. He had bed sores on his elbows from how he'd have to hold himself so he could breathe. 
One night, and none of us know how this happened, he walked into the kitchen, got into a coughing fit, and fell and broke his leg. I can't remember the medical term for it, but the bone itself was twisted. Once he got an injury that bad, it sped up his disease, and he died four days later. Before he passed, I had applied and was accepted to a university to finally finish college and get my veterinary technician certification and degree, and I was set to start school in the fall. By now, the semester is almost over. My dad was so happy and proud of me for pursuing something we both bonded over, a love of animals. I had been at the same job for 10 years, something that I hated, honestly, but the pay and benefits were too good to stop. So the plan was to keep working there during school, then quit. Well, it got to the point that I was physically and mentally sick when I had to start working. I just had waves of negativity rolling through my body if I had to work. It got so bad that I had to keep taking leaves. The job itself is a very high-stress job, and I've been doing it for so long I was used to it. I thought it was still just my dad's passing that was affecting me. I couldn't understand this sudden change, and I would randomly think to myself, Dad worked at the same place for 30 years. It can't be all that bad. When I didn't work, I had waves of happiness roll through me. I had been looking for a new job and applying to places for about a month, and I would get strong feelings about the job I interviewed for. Through the medium, she was able to verbalize it all for me and put the pieces together. All this new strong emotion was my dad. His spirit was working with my spirit guides to tell me to stop working at that company immediately and work for a vet office. I was able to have a real live conversation with him through her, and it's the best thing I've ever done. Without his human ego, he didn't want me to be like him. He didn't want me to be stuck in the rut I'd been in. A job's a job, but there comes a point in your life where you have to do what makes you happy. Before this conversation, I did actually put in my two weeks notice. She told me that he was going to keep kicking my butt until I turned in my stuff and quit completely. I also discovered the random coldness I would get on my arms was him touching me to let me know he was there. During the Zoom call, my screen would keep freezing, and it had never done that before with any other Zoom calls I'd been on. She told me it was him messing with me. I finally had it and angrily said to the air, stop it, with my angry face, and it finally quit. As soon as the conversation was over, even though I was supposed to work for another week, I packed up my stuff, and now that I knew how to converse through feelings with my dad, even had an argument about me keeping a puck instead of turning it in, but my dad won, and I packed it up. We've all kept staplers. Don't come at me. I went to a job interview at a vet office that I now work for, turned in my equipment to a surprised division leader afterwards, and I lived in a euphoric bubble for weeks after leaving that place. My dad also told me to write down certain parts of our conversation for my sister because there were things she needed for closure as well. There's a lot more to the conversations, but we'd be here all day. Since then, I've kept in touch with the psychic medium and been loving my new job and my life. I've been on my spiritual awakening journey and learned to tell the difference between my own feelings, a spirit, or knowing when the spirit is around me, even if I don't always know for sure who it is that's with me. They've also messed with my lights more, which is amusing. More of the story, sometimes you're not crazy and it's not your medication change. Sometimes you just have to stop and listen or get someone who can hear to tell you. Listen to your intuition and your gut because that's your spirit guides and they're not going to lead you astray. Thanks for staying with me so long. I'm sorry this is so long, but I really wanted to update you and maybe I can send in other parts to you or a new story. Creep it real and don't get scared behind you. Okay, so I was totally thinking that like, you know, when you go through a trauma like losing a parent, I feel like you do go through all these emotions where it's like you want to completely change your life. Like you're like, I want to do this and this and this and this. And it's like, 
okay, well, you also just went through a trauma. So Mm -hmm. you can't make all these huge life decisions when you're in the midst of trauma. So that was my question is like, how do you know it's them versus just like, no, you're super depressed and having all these feelings about X, Y, or Z because you just lost somebody. Yeah. But I guess you kind of touched on that because you said you've kind of learned which is which. Mm -hmm. You're like flounder. This is this and that is that. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing all of your stories with us. And we're really sorry for your loss. That's super tough. Also, selfishly, who did you use? Who's your psychic medium? Yeah, Uh, send it to us. (laughs) Yeah, asking for a friend. AKA us. Mm -hmm. Okay, the next one. The old firehouse that never sleeps. Literally. Hi, Carrie and Donna. Want to say definitely love y'all's show. Funny story how I learned about your podcast. I went into a local gas station to pay for my gas because the pump wasn't accepting cards. And the gas station clerk was listening to y'all. So since that day, I've been listening nonstop. Well, to the actual story. I'm a firefighter on the East Coast. Been on the job for about seven years now. Won't say what department I work for, but you guys may figure it out from some details of my story. My first two years on the job, I experienced some really bizarre things. I started out in a double house, which means a ladder and an engine both were housed there. One night, I was on house watch where I was responsible for keeping watch in case someone knocked on our door or calls the phone. Also, I wake firefighters up when we get a call. And this is where the weird shit started happening. I would hear knocking on the bay door. I'd walk outside to no one. And literally seconds after returning inside, more knocking. I just blamed it on the local kids. Mind you, I worked in a very rough neighborhood, so things like that would happen a lot. But this was different. One night I answered the house phone to be met with a very disturbing voice, asking for a member of the firehouse that passed away years ago. I said, sorry ma'am, that fireman is no longer with us. She replied, he's always with us, and hung up. What the hell? I asked some of the guys and they told me to fuck off, kid, just a prank caller. So I forgot about it and moved on. Another time I wasn't on house watch, but was just in my bed trying to sleep. I was awake facing my phone when I feel a presence standing in the doorway. I looked up and no one. But moments later, we get a call to a fire and one of the firefighters screamed. When I tried to crawl out of the bed, I felt someone physically holding me down in bed. And a voice whispered into my ear, men will die, men will die. I felt sick and nauseated, legs felt heavy and suddenly feeling like I couldn't breathe. Finally get to the engine and turn out, which means get dressed. Fast forward on our ride back to quarters. I ask one of the senior guys what's up with the strange things happening in the house. He replied, kid, a lot of men didn't return back to the quarters on that day. Some are still on house watch get used to it. The feeling I got was peaceful after hearing that, but being there at the house wasn't so peaceful. I continued hearing screaming and yelling. I would literally hear the truck and engine start and the crazy part about it, the other guys seemed to not let it bother them and I was freaking out. One day, the truck company was out on a call and the engine was in house. My lieutenant wanted us to drill, so I headed upstairs to my bed to grab something, and at the moment, I was the only firefighter upstairs when I see a person asleep in bed. I just thought it was a truck guy that was left behind, but it wasn't. It was one of the brave firefighters that didn't make it home that day. My body froze and I couldn't move. He just laid on the bed looking at me. Then I heard, let's go. 
I looked away, then back at the sleeping firefighter, and he was gone. I'm no longer in that house and never experienced anything else like that. But I ask about it, and many firefighters claim to experience paranormal activity. And of course, they say, kid, it's an old department with many tragedies and traumas. You better get used to it. Thanks for letting me share this. I hope it makes it to the show. Firefighters go through a lot of mental stuff, like the time we were dispatched to a fatal car crash where we had to cut out the deceased when their phone started ringing and we picked it up to see mom on her phone. Oh, Jesus. She's calling her daughter, not knowing what just happened. I love my job. Wish I can do it forever, but mentally I'm drained. Well, thank you for your service. Yes, definitely. And yeah, every person that I know that's a firefighter is like, no, this shit is hard. But, but y'all be looking hot when you do it. Yeah, because they're fucking standing against fire. <laughs> sweaty as shit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, you know I love a uniform. When I found out that Colby was a corrections officer before, I was like, did you keep your uniform? Like, that was literally <laughs> my first question. Do you still have the uniform? Oh, those polos and khakis. Mm. That motherfucker was on their version of SWAT. He was literally <laughs> the first man in. When he would, okay. when they would do the uh, extractions, fucking sexy as shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, please tell me you still have the little barricade thing. Oh God! <laughs> I'll climb like like a tree. Oh Lord. Okay, so back to you. I know I've said this all the time. We talk about this, but that would be my fucking luck. Be stuck at work if I was a ghost. But I think that that was their second home. Oh, for sure. What are y'all's things like? Three days straight. Like, literally, three entire days, four entire days straight. Yeah. I mean, you get to sleep some, but not always. Right. Your house is your family just as much as your family is your family. Yeah. I can't imagine some of the things that y'all have seen. Oh, my gosh. No. Also, shout out to that creepster working at the gas station. I mean, you are brave as shit listening to us on speaker. Right? I mean, we assume you're listening on speaker. I don't know. They could have been like, hey, what are you listening to? And you're like, see, <laughs> chicks with bad language (laughs) okay the next one hey beautiful ladies my name is sarah and i live in central illinois i've had a lot of spoopy stuff happen over my life like when i was nine and i heard a child yelling mommy down the drain in the bathtub oh hell no we all float down here Mm -mm, fuck no 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 however i'm writing in today to tell you about my previous job From 2010 to 2021, I worked at a grocery store in a tiny town outside Springfield, the capital of Illinois. I also worked at the gym next door to the store, and the whole complex was owned by the same people. Both places were haunted as fuck. As soon as I started working at the store in 2010, spooky shit started happening. My first night, as the manager was locking up and setting the alarms, I turned around to look at the registers and saw a tall man standing there as if he was waiting to be checked out. He looked like Abraham Lincoln, who in fact does have a bit of history in my town, especially Springfield. Anyway, I wish I could have gotten everyone's experiences. However, this would be a 50-page email. Thankfully, my coworkers didn't think I was crazy, and I met my brother from another mother who also has witnessed some spooky patrons. He and I would always lurk around after closing to see what we could see. Food would fly off the shelf, bags would rustle, phantom footsteps as if customers were walking up behind you. The water jug refill machine would turn on by itself. Our automatic doors would open with no one there. There wasn't one person who worked there that didn't experience something, whether they wanted to admit it or not. We actually included ghost stories in our training and would tell new people stuff like, yes, that was a ghost. No, you're not crazy. A few years ago, one of my coworkers, who became somewhat of a motherly figure to me, died from ALS. 
We saw her ghost in her ugly-ass Christmas vest all the time. My friend I mentioned earlier witnessed her walk out of the bathroom and disappear. An old co-worker was there in the store before it opened and heard what sounded like children running and laughing, followed by the beer cave doors opening on their own. Some of the weirder experiences at the store were hearing voices in the vents. Now, you could chalk it up to the pharmacy on one side of the store and the gym on the other side. However, this was at 9 p.m. and the pharmacy was closed and that area of the gym where the offices were, there would be no one over there as I was the only gym employee and unless it was my doppelganger, I was at the store. Speaking of the gym, that was one scary ass place. I'm not sure what in the hell was going on over there, but holy hell. The first thing I remember seeing is a small child, question mark, running across the gym floor when no one was there. Another is, while I was cleaning the bathrooms, I heard someone running up behind me, so I turned around quickly as my coworkers at the store loved to fuck with me and scare me. Of course, not one person was in that fucking gym, and there's no way anyone could have moved that fast because at the time, the gym had an open floor plan. There were a lot of things I saw that I can't explain. For instance, there was a time I was reviewing the cameras and saw a dark mist floating across the wall. I was in my office, which was at the back of the gym, when a member asked if I was going to help that customer up front. I glanced at the monitor and there wasn't anyone there. I even reviewed the footage and not one person walked in or sat down at the sign-up desk. One spooky thing was a former member died. No, not at the gym. She was a regular. Every single day she was at the gym, riding the bike, and watching her stupid-ass Fox News. I was walking into the store to start my shift and I walked past the big windows looking into the gym and there she was on the bike like she did every morning. I looked away and back again and she was gone. Those experiences were child's play compared to the ongoing and reoccurring experience I had in that hellhole. So the floor of the gym where all of the equipment was wasn't scary. And the back part of the gym where my office and the owner's office was felt like a haunted house. This was the most dark, creepy, foreboding thing I've ever felt. The only way I can describe it is a heavy, dark presence always watching. I heard my name several times, heard very weird noises that I can't replicate. During the beginning of COVID, we had to shut down, but I still worked in the office adjusting plans and taking phone calls. That was the worst time ever. I was alone with this thing and there was nothing I could do to make it shut up. I heard clear as day my name, Sarah. I jumped, but I'm also pagan and I know not to answer or acknowledge it. Not today, Satan. One night, it felt like it was standing right behind me and I ran my extra large pizza ass over to the store and stayed there until my shift was done. During COVID, the owners showed their true colors, showing how racist and hateful they are, as they had to have a cop come close the gym when it was mandatory for all gyms to be closed. They never enforced masks. We all had been treated like garbage through the whole thing and received nothing in return. I truly believe in karma, and in January 2021, employees started dropping like flies. They lost five managers in less than six months. Us managers are still friends, and we moved on to bigger and better things. I also wanted to add, I had to put my nearly 18-year-old cat, Daisy Mae, down last March in 2021, and we got two kitties to fill the void. I'm convinced that they see her and play with her. Her ashes and some of her fur 
are here in a box covered in daisies. She's welcome to stay and play with my new little brats. Sorry if this was long, but thank you ladies for getting me through some really dark times. I was a Patreon supporter, but had to stop as I'm taking care of my blind mom and don't have a full-time job, but I still support y'all 1000%. Stay spooky, my friends. Oh yeah, and don't get scared, Sarah. Again with the grocery store, the last story, their dad worked in the grocery store. And again, the co-worker's still at fucking work. <laughs> but in that ugly Christmas vest, I'm here for that. That I could I could handle that life or afterlife. <laughs> Nothing is better than seeing a retail worker, like especially an older one, in festive wear and a librarian. If they have on those vests and stuff, I'm like, it is amazing. So my parents, they cleaned, well, they cleaned the theaters and stuff, but they cleaned the wellness center at a hospital. When I was in high school, I did this co-op thing where you had to have a job. So I did not get hired on anywhere that I had like wanted to work. And so my mom talked to the company that they worked for on this one thing. And they were like, yeah, come in and interview. So I interviewed and I could help them out one day a week. It was so fucking creepy at night because it had a lot of glass. I have worried about black-eyed kids before I even knew what they were. So I can only imagine you actually staying and having all those experiences. No, thank you. Also, um, she did not work one day a week. She may have gone a couple of times. No, I did. Yeah, a couple of times. And then they lost that thing, like that oh, company. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but you should also know that she just took that class because she wanted to get out of school early. 100. I had my credits. I didn't need to be there. Meanwhile, I'm just jealous because she got out early. <laughs> okay, the next one. A couple of murder stories. In late October 1989, when I was nine years old, two elderly women about 10 miles from my house in southern West Virginia, the town is called Bald Knob. I thought you two might get a kick out of the name. <laughs> you were correct. Oh, gosh. They were brutally beaten and stabbed oh, repeatedly. Sorry, wasn't expecting that. Me either. The two brothers who committed the murders were 18 and 19 years old. After the murders, they went to a nearby car wash to rinse off. They were already in jail on what I believe was a burglary charge when they were charged with the murders. They were convicted and are still in prison. The night of the murder, the women, who were neighbors and lived about 500 yards apart, had just come in from a wake. Go to a wake, come home, and get murdered. Not exactly a great night. I have two personal connections to the murders. The first one is that they ran through my yard when they were trying to evade the police. I didn't find that out until much later, thankfully. Even though they were in jail when I found out and I was older, it still kind of fucked me up and made me sleep with my lights on for a while. The second connection is that my mother used to babysit the brothers when they were younger before she got married and had me and my brother. She was understandably disturbed when she heard about the murders and used to talk about how they were when they were little. They would both sit on her lap. Yikes, can you imagine knowing that you cared for murderers? Also, a friend of my mom's side of the family shot and killed his girlfriend when I was probably 11 or 12. That one messed me up more because I knew him and he used to come to my grandparents' house all the time for cookouts, Thanksgiving dinners, etc. He says that it was an accident, but he did some time for that incident. He's out of jail now, but I'm not sure how long he's been out. Thank you so much for your podcast. You make me laugh and it's nice to know that there are other creepsters out there. 
I have several ghost stories to share. I'm very sensitive. And I'll write those and send them in soon. Creep it real. Love you, ladies. Cassie. Well, the older I get, Cassie, the more sensitive I am, but not in the same way. (laughs) Yeah, you're not sensitive to spirit. You're just sensitive. I'm pretty sure that's something we have Mm -hmm. in our merch store. Because, tis true, I will cry at the drop of a hat now. I think that even though... Like how you knew that they were in jail. I think I would still be terrified too, knowing that they went through my yard like that. Yeah, because it's not even so much about them doing it. It's about, oh my God, anyone could do that. Mm -hmm. It's so scary. And again, how you always say like the ripple effect. Mm -hmm. That really is it. And send in those ghost stories. Y'all always edging us in these damn stories. I do like to be edged though. I mean, it doesn't say it was a bad thing. I mean, I'm on the edge of glory right now. Lady Gaga. Ooh, this one is an alliteration. Precarious possible possession. Ooh. Say that five times fast. Say it one time. Did you see my eyes? I was like, (laughs) using those big words. Hi, love your podcast. I've been listening for a few months and finally got to 2020. I've seen and felt spirits all of my life and have a lot of stories. This one is pretty heavy, long, and trigger warning. I'm also not trying to be dismissive or rude towards anyone with mental health issues. This occurred back in 2012. I was married to my second husband. The last year of our seven-year relationship was extremely difficult. I was going to school as a middle-aged adult, working, and was a mom of three kids from my previous marriage. So my second husband and I had finally gotten our own place midsummer that year. I was hopeful it would help things, but sadly, it was too late. Early into that fall, I caught him cheating on me. So we split up, and I was going to let him live with me until our lease was up. Things with him went downhill from there. He stopped taking his medication for the seizures he had, started drinking, brought marijuana into the house, and often came and went at odd hours. He had completely changed. Three weeks after the cheating incident, I had to go on a conference for the weekend. I came back sleep exhausted since guess who decided to be an asshat and was making all kinds of threats. Then he didn't show up to pick me up. I get home and the house looked like there had been a party. Even my kids' rooms had been ransacked. No, my kids weren't there. So my husband and I get in a huge fight. He takes off. I clean up since he had even decided to try to move our queen bed into a smaller room. I quickly gave up cleaning and lay down somewhere near 11 p.m. My ex still hadn't come back. At approximately 1 or 2 a.m., I heard a loud bang or thud coming from the downstairs living room. Then a few seconds later, I heard a groan. I suddenly got really scared. I heard two or three more thuds, then a crash. It sounded almost like glass breaking. Then the house went completely silent. I assumed my ex had come back drunk and tried to ignore it. Not a minute later, there was a loud bang. So loud it shook the entire house. Then I heard the groaning again. It sounded like a stereotypical groan you'd hear in a horror movie. Then there were smaller thuds. Crash, groan, crash, groan, rumble. I reluctantly got up, shaking like a leaf. I'm not chicken shit. I just have PTSD. So I cracked open the bedroom door and yelled downstairs. Is that you? Insert X's name. Are you okay? I saw nothing. It was pitch black downstairs. Everything was silent for way too long. I heard a weird gurgle and IDK what? I'm not a doctor. So I turn on the hall light and peer over the railing. Nothing is out of place. My husband was asleep on the couch, but I got a whiff of something foul and just got this ominous feeling like something was bad going on. I called down to him and got no answer. Then I got closer to the stairs. 
He groans. Then in a quiet, almost childlike voice, he says, I, I, I okay. I was so tired. I was like, fuck off, dude. I'm too tired for your bullshit. And I went back to my room and shut my bedroom door and locked it. Not one minute later, I hear thud, thud, crash, loud groan that sounded disembodied. I look for my phone. I'm shaking. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on. I then hear my husband scream, then gurgle. There was another loud thud. I grab a baseball bat that I would keep for when he would go hunting and slowly open the door. I snake over the railing and turn on the light. The light flickered and seemed to be duller. I did not see my ex at first. I turn around and hide in the bedroom again, and there was a thud, thud, thud. Then I see my husband crawling up the goddamn stairs with his eyes rolled back. I was so terrified, I couldn't even move. He gets to the top, slowly stands up. He's pale, like a pallor to his skin, and legit smelled like he rolled in a sewer. He stands there, slightly swaying back and forth, groaning. I shake him, yelling at him. Stop it. You're scaring the shit out of me. What the fuck is going on? He then tries to pee in our laundry closet. I try to usher him to the bathroom. He mumbles something slightly more in control. I usher him to my son's bed and tell him to lay down. I don't know what to do. I call my mom, but get no answer. I go check on him, and he's passed out in my son's bed. And there's porn on my son's TV, and his cock was out. I shake him and yell, what the fuck is wrong with you? It'd just been a few minutes. I don't know how he had any porn and in my son's room on his bed. So gross. He got up and walked back and forth mumbling, and then went back to gurgling. I shook him. He said, my sweetie, I love you. Then it didn't make sense. I broke down. I fell to the floor, bawling. I shouted, I don't know what's going on or what to do. He paced, ran into walls, tried to pee in the hallway. Finally, I pulled myself together and called 911 and an ambulance to come check him out. The cops came too and we looked for drugs. I found booze and pot, but no hard drugs. I did notice that he had trashed my altar, I'm a practicing witch, and had my tarot and some other shit out with a couple of books of magic out. I just got an eerie feeling. Long story short, they drug tested him, but he came back clean. They couldn't check him in for a 5150 since my town is so small. After getting a few death threats from his family members and those three awful weeks and that dramatic night, I told his sister he was all hers and she could pick his ass up. I made him move out and I moved out shortly thereafter. He was never the same. My most realistic guess is that he had a psychotic break with the stress of his dad having a stroke, us moving, going to school, working, then splitting up right before the holidays. I'll never know, but I always felt like something else took over him. I saw him a couple of times after, and our dogs even growled at him. My dog has never growled. I also think that property was cursed or something. The house was a duplex. Seven years before, I lived there briefly with my first husband, and then one hot August evening, we got into an argument, and he tried to kill me ergo the PTSD, but that's a story for another time. I have a lot of actual ghost stories, glitches in the matrix, and there was this time I took a pot gummy to fly and my reality melted. Please let me know if you're interested. Sorry, I'm so loquacious. I think that's how you say that, but I'm going to be honest, it means talkative. I had to define it on my phone. Sounds like he should have been fucking with your altar. Right? That is so scary. I know. I don't know what I would have done. I don't know if I would have like gone down to check or if I would have just immediately called 911. I don't, I mean, I don't know what I would have done. With all the like bangs, you said something felt like it like shook the house. I, I was like, did he accidentally 
shoot himself? Right, yeah. You have to add on her PTSD, so she's not going to want to go and check on him. Oh, absolutely. I'm just glad y'all are both safe from that. That's weird that that you can't 5150 someone because it's a small town. There's not a larger hospital they can take them to. And if you don't know what we're talking about, that's like where you can have someone involuntarily committed for X number of days. I think it's um, 72 hours. And then if while they're there, they deem that they need more, then they can keep them more. This one is the Wicked Witch of Sleep Paralysis? Question mark. First of all, thank you so much for the letter and the stickers you sent. You also made sweet little Mia Dean's day. Thank you so much for including her. Also, thank you for giving us all an outlet to get things like this off of our chest and a safe space to just be ourselves. I have tons of stories to tell you guys, and I can't wait to share. This one is my most recent experience, and it's about sleep paralysis. Unfortunately, sleep paralysis isn't an uncommon thing in our home. My husband and I have even had conversations before about how to prevent it, what causes it, and if he ever saw me struggling in my sleep to wake me up. But he sleeps with a CPAP machine, so once he's out, he's out. And before I get into too much detail, I just want to add that weeks prior to this, there was a tornado that came through and made a direct hit in a town that's about 15 minutes away from us, taking the life of a nine-year-old little girl and putting her baby sisters and her mama in the hospital in serious condition, leaving the locals that knew this precious family all in devastation. So right before my experience with sleep paralysis, I had finally tucked my babies in and given goodnight kisses. It was finally time to rest up before Christmas break. We have a blended family and tend to have a total of five children under the age of 10. So this mama stays tired. I snuggled into my bed with my hubby and fell asleep as we watched the Godfather Marathon. As I dozed off, there was a sound that had taken over. It sounded like a tornado siren. I couldn't move. I felt gusts of wind hitting my face. The wind felt so real, and it was so strong. I honestly had a fear that maybe I would get swept up out of our bed. I remember trying to look over at my husband laying next to me in our bed, but so much force was being held against me, I couldn't turn my head to even look. I kept screaming his name, but he never answered me. Side note, anyone that's ever experienced sleep paralysis can probably agree that your scream is actually a very faint whisper. You can even feel the struggle in your throat when you try to speak or yell out for help. It is awful. Part of me was pissed off at hubby because at this point, how could you not see that things are getting all hairy over here on my side of the bed? But I digress. The other part of me was trying to use the advice that was given months ago to just keep calm. I remember saying to myself, you are dreaming. Just keep breathing and you will wake up soon. I repeated that over and over it seemed like. After what seemed like the thousandth time telling myself that, I'm not sure how to describe what I saw, but I will do my best. It was the shape of a slender, angry woman's face. She had dark eyes, dark hair, and I could only see her from the neck up. The rest of her was blended in with the darkness of the room. When I first saw her, she was already too close for comfort, but she continued to get closer. The closer she got, the more angry she looked. Her face kept coming closer to mine. She became so close that I thought our noses were going to touch. 
At that moment, I just began screaming out for Jesus. After the second time of screaming slash, you know, whispering from a homeboy, JC, she gave out the loudest, most terrifying scream I have ever heard. But I finally woke up. I looked over to a soundly sleeping hubby and my two dogs standing at the edge of the bed, growling at our bedroom door. It was the creepiest thing. The hair on my neck stands up just typing that. I did not fall back to sleep that night, and I have not been able to forget that woman's face ever since. I found it strange that I was dreaming about a tornado siren and tornadic winds. I'm not sure what caused that. Or why there was someone that looked like the Wicked Witch from Wizard of Oz screaming at me. Why were my dogs growling? I'm assuming that precious little girl was on my mind, so I just gave myself a pretty awful nightmare. But the sleep paralysis just made it so, so much worse. And still, why were my dogs growling? Anyways, as soon as I have more time, I will send in more. Love you both, Katie P. Also, I love that everybody says love you both. What if somebody was like, love you, Donna, not so much you, Carrie, but love the show. Well, they wouldn't. I know, but I'm just saying, like, what if? Man, I hate sleep paralysis. That scares the fucking shit out of me. And dogs know everything. Mm -hmm. So when they're like growling and acting weird, just like in the last story, it gives me the heebs. (laughs) For sure, jeebs. (laughs) I don't want to experience sleep paralysis. I don't want to do it. But also, question for you. Are you and Colby like sound asleep when you have your CPAP on like her husband is? Oh, yes. Like sometimes I'll wake up like if I just like shift weird, you know, and so it like the seal breaks a little bit. But yeah, usually I'm like. I'm fucking out. Like, most of the time, I can't even feel it on my face. Mm. Okay, my brother was a bank robber, but not a good one. Hello, darlings. First off, I want to say congrats on the engagement. Now back to me, because this is my sinister sightings. (laughs) Okay, then. I don't feel comfortable putting my name out there, so you can call me Montana. Also, I would like to include a very quick trigger warning about sexual assault. Anyway, here's my story about my brother was a bank robber. My brother had been in and out of the system pretty much from the time he turned 18. He sexually assaulted me when I was a child and has never been able to really stay on the right path. Was it awful? Yes. But I do still wish he would have been able to turn his life around because at the end of the day, I'm a kind human. Even though my brother and I are not close and have not spoken for years, for obvious reasons, I can unfortunately always tell you when he's gotten himself into trouble. So when my mom called me one morning in hysterics, I sadly can't say I was surprised. My anxiety had been gnawing away at me for weeks, and as soon as she started, it all clicked. Over the tears, she told me that my brother had been arrested for robbing a bank. I couldn't get much out of her because earlier that day, the SWAT team was sent to search her house for his girlfriend and whoever else helped. So she was pretty upset about the whole ordeal. But later when I talked to my sister, she informed me that he had robbed six banks. Now here's where things get interesting. A few days later, when I made a trip back home, my sister and I decided to meet my parents at my brother's house. Word had spread around town that his house was empty and my parents were afraid it was going to get broken into. When my parents got there, it was evident it had already been broken into and even though the FBI had already searched the premises and said they were watching it in case his girlfriend slash accomplice came back to his place. Well, who might you ask broke into his house? His girlfriend. How do we know? She dropped her ID along with a lot of other incriminating things that they just didn't notice. She was eventually arrested not too long after, 
but not before she robbed a girl at a local fast food joint a couple of blocks away. Since all this went down, my brother has been charged, but because of his prior offenses, he got 30 plus years. So he will most likely never see the outside world again. Am I sad about this? Honestly, in a way, I will always be sad that he was never able to get the help he needed to rehabilitate his life. And I'm in no way defending what he inflicted on me as a child, but the prison system is not made to rehabilitate anyone. It's designed to get you in the system and keep you in it and completely tears families apart emotionally and financially. So do I feel bad? Yes, to some degree, but I have also come to realize that it's not my problem. My whole childhood was filled with anxiety from my parents having to take care of my brother and it was in no way healthy, nor could I fully heal from the massive trauma he inflicted on me as a child. I honestly almost felt relieved because even though he was in prison, my parents don't have to go to bed worrying about what he's doing or if they'll get the dreaded phone call from the police informing them he was in trouble. Plus, I can't imagine how the people at the banks felt when he decided to rob them. There's absolutely no excuse for the trauma he caused once again. As a new mom at the time, I felt so bad for my parents. My dad worked his ass off for years to pay for his legal fees and lawyers, and then this happened. I feel sorry for my mom because she'll probably never get to hug her son again. My parents are on the older side, so realistically, looking at numbers, they won't be here when or if he survives his sentence. When I say my parents never saw this coming, I mean they truly never saw this coming. My dad is one of the hardest working people I've ever met. So why my brother thought it was a good idea to rob banks, I will never know. Anyway, that's my story. I hope you guys like it. I refuse to apologize for the link because, fuck it, I do apologize for whatever grammatical errors I had, though. Stay safe, don't rob banks, and don't trust the FBI to house it, Montana. Basically, his girlfriend would be me because you know I would drop everything, like breadcrumbs to where I was going. I don't understand why people lose their license so often. Like, where do you keep it that you just lose your license? Like, why do you not have that on you? Like, when I see that on movies and stuff, I'm like, how did you lose that? Yeah. Hell, I have my old license with me. You could literally be in an episode of Evil Lives Here, it sounds like. Yes. Well, you know how you said, like, your parents wouldn't have to worry about having the cops call them and say that your brother was in trouble. But I bet also, like, their biggest fear, they would get a call saying that he was dead. Mm-hmm. Okay, last one. First and foremost, RIP to the goat, Betty White. Mm-hmm. So this isn't very paranormal or true crimey, but it's something very strange that had happened to me. In Spanish, it's called Mala Vibras. Could not be called that. I don't know. You know, my pronunciation, not great. But it's Spanish for bad vibes. And another way to explain it would be Mal de Ojo, which basically means evil eye. It's an old Mexican wives tale that refers to the supernatural belief that a jealous or envious glance can cause harm, especially to children, which can also be someone seeing you happy or successful and hoping for a bad outcome in your life, pretty much. Well, story slash I need advice. I have a family member who, how could I put this, isn't my biggest fan, probably hates me, and it's all because when my dad passed, We were given an inheritance. Before this, we never had an issue with this family member. We all got along really nicely. They offered to help us and we always hung out until this happened. So I try my hardest not to play into superstition, but I swear this person is giving me mala vibras. 
They live out of state from us, so we don't see them often, but when we do have the misfortune to see them, something bad always follows the next day. They came to visit cousins at our house, and you can honestly feel the bad vibes and evil intentions in the air. Well, the day after they left, both of my cars were broken into. Never in all of my life living here has anything like that happened. I brushed it off as just a bad part of life. Well, they came to visit again. The next day after they left, everything that could go wrong went wrong. I got super sick, not COVID, thank God. We have a painting of my dad hanging on the wall. It fell and broke just at random. They came again to visit a few months later, and the night after they left, someone tried to steal my dad's work truck, which I hold very near and dear to my heart because it's the last thing I have that he loved. Whoever broke into it didn't manage to start it, thank God, but they did mess up the starter, and that was honestly not an expense that we had anticipated and honestly put us in the hole. And the final instance they came over, the next day I had planned out a celebration with all my friends. Well, the morning after they left, my husband forgot he needed something at home and I had to bring it to him. Well, on the way there, I had my first experience with someone road raging me. Is that the phrase? I don't know, but it feels right. Then we come home and I have one hour to set up my life for this party. I walk into my room and I have my dad's picture of Jesus hanging above my bed. It had fallen from above my bed somehow, flew across my room, and landed in front of my bathroom door. Okay, super weird, but maybe it just happened. I have a newborn baby at this time, and after we got home, I went to lay him down in his crib, only to find that the thumbtack that held the picture of Jesus was pointy side up, directly where my son's head would have been. I freaked out because my son's bed is on the other side of my room. Now I have one hour to prepare for my party, so I started cooking the meat I had bought the previous day, and I open it, and in the middle are maggots. Oh my God. I literally screamed. I honestly don't know how that could have happened, because I got the meat from the deli, literally watched them slice it in front of me. So I threw that out and we had to wing it in the food department. Person by person who was invited to the party started dropping like flies, not dead, but they all just couldn't make it for some reason or another. One friend who was able to come, her daughter ended up getting a fever and they had to leave. So many bad things in one day, it seriously sucked. I looked back, literally the unluckiest of all my days, and they've all happened to be around the same time that these people were in my home. I feel like they have been sending me bad energy and just negative intentions my way. I understand bad things happen all the time, but it's just happening when I see this person, which is really strange to me. I'm wondering if anyone else had a situation with bad vibes like this or negative intentions toward them. Well, that's all I have so far, and hopefully we never experience anything like this again. Anywho, I love you both so much. You brighten my days. XOXO, Rose. That is a lot. Rose, I've never experienced anything like that. And it's like, part of me thinks like you should confront them. But also part of me is like, don't confront them. No, don't confront them, right? Well, I don't know. Consult someone who knows more about bad vibes and the evil eyes. And if they say to, then do it. If they say don't, don't. Right, yeah, we don't know shit. And also, I'm going to hope that this is over for you because this was probably sent about six months ago. So I'm really hoping that um, you haven't been waiting on advice from us. Oh, God. One, we don't know shit. And uh, two, well, we're behind on emails. Thank God, because you know I get stressed we're going to run out. We only have 60 more. What? <laughs> that's like, that's like, that's, that's, 
that's 260 like, but okay so. i was like that's like five sinister sightings <laughs> did you <laughs> i wish we had a camera y'all because our face what like my butthole clenched <laughs> unlike yours when you laugh <laughs> don't God, why you have to make me laugh hard but that is a lot that's a lot for anyone to take you got me with the meat yeah Whew. i don't i don't do dope don't do nope. spoiled food nope can't do it Mm-mm. thank y'all so much for sending in all of these awesome emails it really does mean the world to us that you share all of your things I couldn't think of the word. Okay. Like intimate and important details in your life. Yeah. And you know what? Reach out to people in the Facebook group because, you know, there. I'm sure there are people who know way but more than we do. But we know they exist out there for sure. I'm not. I'm, I am sure because I'm positive, not like, oh, I'm sure someone. Does. No, like I'm positive <laughs> people know more than me. Everyone does. So anyway. Do you remember that commercial that would be like, sure, unsure. Yes. Sure, unsure. Hated them. Because <laughs> you were always unsure. No, I'm always sure. <laughs> I'm secret, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Oh, God. Okay. Thank y'all so much for um, writing in and listening and supporting us. And remember. Creep it real. And and don't don't get get scared. scared.